You're listening to Women in Wellness, a program to help you create gorgeous growth for your blissful business in health and wellness. I'm Dr. Gabby, holistic health expert and founder of Women in Wellness, a one-of-a-kind course and community designed to empower and inform you about how to build a purposeful and profitable holistic business. And I'm very excited for today's interview. I've invited a terrific guest, Hope Zvara. Hope is the founder of the Yoga and Core Functional Fitness Method, which she's going to tell us about. And she is also the owner of Copper Tree Wellness Studio in Hartford, Wisconsin. Hi, Hope. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun to have you here. I know that you and I connected online and we had a really juicy conversation and we thought that it would be fun to bring that conversation um, to my listeners. So I wanted um, to ask you if you could share a little bit about how you stumbled into yoga. I was reading again today on your website about how you kind of serendipitously uh, found a yoga training. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to, first of all, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really excited to talk to you and talk to the listeners. Um, but I always tell people that I didn't find yoga necessarily. Yoga kind of found me. And it was at a time in my life when I was still knee deep in an eating disorder and wasn't really sure um, what direction my life was really going in. And I, I knew that I wanted to get better, but I just felt like I kept striking out with the tools to really actually do that. And actually one of my coworkers was like, you look like someone that would do yoga. And honestly, until that time, I don't even think I heard the word yoga. I live in a small town. Like that was like totally foreign to me, but something in me like just flipped. And I kind of went and started asking around where there was yoga classes. And the next thing I knew, um, I was on the yoga mat and I was 17. And I still remember that first yoga class and rolling up my mat and feeling something that I hadn't felt in years and realizing that my mind was clear and I was calm and I wasn't thinking about eating disorder thoughts. And I was like, holy cow, if one hour can do this, like I'm hooked. And so that Wednesday night yoga class became my weekly, weekly ritual of second chances. And that eventually spiraled into um, me going on a yoga teacher training for 30 days in Colorado and then a few years later, I opened a yoga studio, I, and I still to this day, and people are like, how do you remember that? I opened yoga studio at $435 in my checking account. Um, I was just barely, um, I was 21, and then shortly after that, my husband and I got married, and then about three months later, we found out I was pregnant, and then uh, at 29 weeks pregnant, we got a huge blow, and we found out that my um, unborn daughter had too many birth abnormalities, and unfortunately, she um, wasn't going to make it. And so on May 23rd, 2007, our tiny two-pound daughter, Faith, was born into this world and 20 minutes later had died in my arms. And that was a big shift for me as well. I was newly into recovery. I was just married. I had opened this yoga studio. We were supposed to have this perfect child. And um, again, my yoga mat was just this incubator for me to be able to basically get my shit together and realize that, you know what, there's purpose in all things and every storm has a beautiful rainbow at the other end. We have to be patient to wait for that. And that's exactly what my yoga practice did for me again. And so I just kind of continued to move forward and started a yoga training and um, 
also started what I call core functional fitness. And one of the big reasons why I started core functional fitness is because what I found is yoga should be and should continue to be a very mindful based practice where we get into our bodies. That's why yoga helped me so deeply in recovery was because it helped me feel again. And creating core functional fitness came out of need because I realized that there was all these gaps in my teaching because I, I didn't know anything about anatomy. I mean, I was taught it, but I'm pretty sure it was in French when I took my training. <laughs> and, and so I realized that it's like, people are not getting better. Their injuries are kind of like subsiding, but then I had things that were still just kind of being drug along. And then I realized that I was teaching Pilates, that people were having all this neck pain, all this back pain. I'm like, something is wrong. Something is not working. And so I actually stepped out of the yoga community and have spent the last 15 years studying about biomechanics and the body and specifically the core, like the real core, um, and brought that back into my yoga teaching and created between yoga and Pilates what I call core functional fitness, which is a methodology of movement that really asks people to think about the movements that they're doing, understand where their core is, not just engage your core and hope for the best, but actually know where your anal sphincter is, where your perineum is, where, where it is that your transverse abdominal is. And I say these words to people and they're like deer in the headlights. I'm like, you see my point? You don't know the body and that is why your yoga practice can in fact be hurting you. And so this core functional fitness method just kind of snowballed into my teaching and I found my students getting better. I found my physical body getting better. Um, and it, it didn't just, just stop there. I really just started to slowly expand into that and bring other methodologies into my teaching to now more so what I call more mindful movement. Because when you come to my classes, it's not just yoga. A lot of people are like, you know, what is this that you're teaching? It's awesome. It's, it's on a yoga mat. But it's like, I need to know this. I need to understand this because it works and it feels amazing and you don't leave with injuries or you don't leave with hypermobility. You really leave feeling empowered in your body physically, mentally, emotionally. And that's one thing for me why yoga is so powerful because I wouldn't be here without it. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, it touched my soul, but just updating the physical aspects of it needed to happen. And that's exactly where core functional fitness came in. Right. I hear you talking about yoga as a, as a therapeutic modality, like a mental health, emotional health modality, like addressing addiction and a physical therapeutic modality um, to bring the body back into alignment to either prevent or manage or cure injury. Um, so I hear you talking about it in a very, was that like a conscious choice, like to approach it in a therapeutic way? Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, in the yoga world right now, there's a lot of lingo that you have to be careful with. And so I by no means am a yoga therapist, but what I am trying to do is really crack the code with yoga and one, help teachers and students know more about what their body should be doing on the mat. It's not just arms at T, but it's what muscles are actually making that happen. And if this hurts, what's going on? But then we also have to put that piece back into the whole idea of what yoga is and it is a mindful modality like you're saying it is a time for you to get uncomfortable and realize why is it that you're uncomfortable and we're kind of segregating or separating yoga i feel like in, in today's world especially in modern america where it's like either yoga is very like woo, 
Um, or yoga's like power, hard, you know, uh, yoga at the bar. I mean, all these things. And it's like, we need to bring the two back together, um, but just update the physical, but continue to honor that we are emotional and, and beings with feelings. We are energetic beings. And from my experience and working with other people that really understand this, if you're also in business, this is when you start to soar, when you're not living separate from your body. And when you really understand, like, I have to go inward to be profitable outward, if that makes sense. Yeah. I want to have this conversation with you because when we talked initially, I told you about how I have this community of women that I'm mentoring and that there's a lot of conversation about how to get clients or how to make money or how to like make a living doing this. And you've now done this for many years. Like you do retreats, you created a training, you have a studio, you have a methodology, like all this kind of stuff. And um, I'm wondering how you managed to do that, how you managed to do that while having a family. I know you have a couple more kids. Um, yeah. So, so how, how did you do that? Like any... <laughs> Any tips, right? Um, And so one of the things that I see when I look out and I help other people, mainly in the mind-body world, and they don't have to be a yoga teacher, but healers, that kind of stuff, um, because that's kind of my language, is one of the things I find that in today's world, people are trying to like get over here without being over here. And so I always ask my clients when I first start working with them, what do you want? And after I ask them what they want, I ask, what are you passionate about? Because those two things have to match up. Because if what we want and what we're not pa- and what we're passionate about are two totally different things, you know, that's why again yoga is so critical. Because when we get on the mat, we get quiet, we hear, we listen. We're able to really develop that intuition, and that's one thing yoga really helped me do. Because at a point in my life, I was 18 when I took my first yoga teacher, or actually 19 when I first took my yoga teacher training, and I was going to Marquette, which is a, a fairly known um, school in Milwaukee. And I was going to be a motivational public speaker, which is kind of interesting now. Um, But at that time, I took this yoga training and it was just like something in me spoke to me and was like, Hope, you need to do this. And I listened. That's the key. I listened. And so many clients that I work with are hearing this like, I should go do this. I should start this up. And they're not listening because it doesn't make sense. And I think especially if you are a healer or you work in the mind-body world, you have to listen to that internal voice and trust that you're going to be guided. And that's exactly what I did. And be willing to also put in the work yourself initially. And so I, I, I ground a lot. And I'm not saying that you have to work 18-hour days, but you have to be willing to promote yourself. You have to be willing to do those things so that you can get to the place where you can then hire out people to actually help you. But if you're not even willing to put in the effort, what kind of energy is that putting out to everybody else that you really want it? And, And if you ask people in the community that know me, I mean, that's one thing that a lot of people will always say back to me is just like, you just, you're so dedicated and you're so into what it is that you say you want to do. And even if people don't come to the studio, they know that about me and I gain respect that way. And so I think that's really critical is you have to not just talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. Yeah. You said so many important things. I don't even know where to start. I mean, the alignment I think is critical because there's so many things that are trendy right now, right? Everybody mm-hmm. wants to do a TED talk and make an online course and write an ebook. And I mean, there's just like all these things and people will come to me and say, I want this and this and this and this, 
but like what really is going on on the inside like is it serving people in a retreat setting is it serving people one-on-one -on -one? um what like what really is happening inside that you're being called to do and not like i want to do what everybody else is doing exactly and are you meant to are, are do you offer something that's meant to be in an online course fashion are you a writer i mean if you're not a writer don't write a gosh darn ebook come on people <laughs> like nobody's gonna want to read it because you're not a writer um and i think that is huge and and in my um, experience I have gone through that when I first started teaching it was like then there was this style of yoga and then there was Zumba and then there was all these things and students would come to me and be like oh you should totally offer this at the studio or you should totally offer this style and one thing that I did and I think that this really attributed a lot to my brick-and-mortar studio success because we've seen in my community probably about five different kinds of studios come and go and I've withstood them is one of the biggest things is I had a mission and a bottom line what I wasn't willing to sacrifice as far as integrity goes and I refused to sway from that I refused to put Zumba in my studio I refused to put mirrors in my studio I refused to put CrossFit in my studio because it didn't follow my methodology it didn't follow what I believe is the type of experience and what I'm trying to advocate for my students it didn't follow that and I and I see that mistake happen a lot not just in yoga but even in the online business world now you're talking about coaching people on this thing and it's like you haven't even done that but but people want that you know what someone said a saying to me a long time ago and it really made a lot of sense and they said if you try to be everything for everyone you'll be nothing for no one and I have tried to live by that and I think that's part of my success I don't just say yes to the next bright shiny object yeah, I think that's really critical. And I I hear you saying that your practice also helps you maintain that clarity and that sense of purpose, right? They kind of go hand in hand. It's like if you're not if you don't have a daily practice of being quiet and listening, then how do you know what that integrity is or how do you have that clarity about what you're supposed to offer? How do you how can you articulate the mission, right? So like when you were talking about walking the walk, I hear you saying that like you have to do that in order for the studio to work because otherwise mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, let's do CrossFit, let's do Zumba. <laughs> and, like, and then people don't know who you are. People, right. don't, people know me as like the yoga and core person in, in the community. And so it's like people that don't even know me be like, oh, if you want good yoga, real yoga, they'll call it, go to Copper Tree, go to Hope. And I feel like that's a great compliment. I get referrals from PTs. I don't have a BA in physical, you know, in kinesiology or exercise fitness or anything like that. But what I have done is I have followed up with what I say I believe in and what I feel like my mission is. I have the back end to support it. And I'm not talking about an online course. I do have online courses, but I'm talking about I've done the research and I've, and I've stepped up with really showing people, you know, okay, we're going to do this and this is why. So ask yourself that if you're a business owner, if you're telling people to do this, do you have a why behind it? And a lot of times people are just doing stuff. Um, and kind of like you said, right now, I think there's such a surge and everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but then we are all starving artists and maybe we're all not meant to be entrepreneurs. You know, maybe we're not all meant to do that. And that's where, when you get quiet, you can really figure out what it is that I want. And um, I was just on a, um, a summit on Wednesday and talking kind of similar about this. And I was telling him that, you know, some of the most successful people in the world meditate. 
Tiger Woods, Oprah Winfrey, Jack Kornfield, um, Bill Gates, they all meditate first thing in the morning. Why? Because it helps them get clear on their vision. It helps them really make sure that where they're putting their time, their energy, and their effort in is for what they want. I don't think that's a coincidence that they're some of the biggest multiple figure incomes in the United States. Right. So where do you think the yoga therapy, mind body, uh, core fitness kind of industry is going? Like, what do you see? What do, what do you see as um, like, what do you think the trends are that we can expect? Or what do you think is going to develop in the next couple of years? You know, it's interesting. And I live in the Midwest, so we're always like two to five years behind. <laughs> You're like, well, we're going to do what they're doing in New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But what I do see, and I feel like yoga community in general is at a crossroads right now. Um, and I think the whole mind-body community is at a crossroads right now because more people as a whole are realizing that holistic healthcare, let's call it, does actually work. And it actually does um, make a difference. But at the same time, I feel like yoga itself is at a critical crossroads because of all of the mutations, let's call them, that have, a, have come from yoga. There's yoga at the bar. There's um, yoga, disco yoga. There's black yoga light yoga. There, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, there's, what it, there was one that I saw. I was like, oh my God, black light yoga. There's um, you know, all these different things, which is great because it's getting people involved in yoga. Um, but I feel very confident when I say this, it's not necessarily yoga. Because the yoga that I know, the yoga that actually helped me survive a life-strangling eating disorder was the one that forced me to get quiet. It didn't bring the distractions like aerobics brings in with the loud music and you're bumping around and, and you're so exhausted at the end of class. You're like, that was, that was great. And it's like, was it really? Or was it just another distraction to keep you from getting quiet and realizing what it is that you need to look at in yourself? And we need to make sure that if we're stepping on a yoga mat, that our yoga is twofold. It moves us physically because that's what asana does supposed to do for us, you know, exercise, move our body so that we can, in a sense, fatigue ourselves to get quiet. But if we're not taking the time then to also get quiet, and if the music is so loud and the, and the movements are so fast that we don't get a chance to do that, is it really serving that greater purpose for us to be able to get clear on our vision? Every time I step on my mat, I am re-inspired with my direction. I am re-inspired with my clarity. And I also develop the confidence to be able to go yes or no. And one of the greatest things in yoga that I tell my students all the time is yoga is your mirror. Your mat is your mirror for your everyday life. So the way that you act and react, the way that you engage or resist asanas or what I'm saying or your breath, guess what? You're doing that same thing out there. So it's an incubator for you to be able to deal with your shit when you get into life in a small enclosed environment. So as a business owner, the likelihood for you to succeed when struggle comes and trial or need to make those decisions is is just propelled forward even more and i'm a living testimony of that right so i hear you talking a lot about integration and finding like the integration of um the mindfulness and the movement and where we've come from and where we're going kind of coming together so yeah. we just have a few minutes left what's in the pipeline for you um 
Like, what are you excited about for this year, for next year? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm in a big year of transition for myself. Um, and I, like I said, I was going to Marquette for becoming a motivational public speaker. And that has kind of come back full circle for me. And so I'm in essentially right now in a transition of flipping my, my practice upside down. I've been using yoga up here and speaking kind of the mat was my speaking. And now essentially I'm using yoga as my toolbox and my speaking is up here. So I have been expanding my speaking. And, and getting on more stages, both online and offline. Um, I've also been completing, I have an online yoga studio because I meet people and they're like, I need to practice your methodology. And so I have that up and running and continuing to build that. But in addition, one of my biggest things that I'm working on online is I am building an online yoga enhancement program. So basically it's mimicking my physical yoga teacher training, but it's meant for people to really be able to look like, okay, I need to understand really what I'm doing and the ins and out of these postures. And I wanna listen to some of this philosophy that she talks about. I'm all about modern day philosophy, taking the yoga and bringing that. So I'm, I'm crafting that right now. Um, that but one like of my a lot of work. <laughs> it is, it's really fun. If you know me, I'm like, if I have something I'm doing, I'm doing it. And I'm at a point right now, people listen to this, I'm at a point right now where I've, I've stepped up and I've done the work myself for many years. And now I have a team. And that team just didn't manifest. That team just didn't fall from the sky. And I like put myself in debt to get this. I built myself up so I could be ready to have this team. And I'm really grateful for that. So yeah, just building up my speaking and getting on more stages and sharing my mission and sharing my message and uh, being able to help people experience real authentic yoga, the yoga that I know, the yoga that saved my life and helping people basically purpose, purposefully excel in body, mind and business in every way, shape or form. Nice. Okay. So if people want to connect with you, how can they find you? Where should they? Yeah, look? absolutely. So you can, um, a couple things and I'll make sure that you get the link for this. I am starting a five day challenge here coming up soon. Um, so you can participate with me for five days. Um, basically it's a fitspiration, five days of five moves. And this is how you can incorporate more movement, more functional movement into your everyday life. But um, just every day you can go to my website, hopesavara.com or my fitness website at hopecorefitness.com. And you can check out my blog, all my online stuff. Um, you can connect with me there. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram. I always got fun little stuff going on um, on social media for you to you know, participate in my daily doses of hope. I got a lot of stuff, um, but it's really fun. It's really engaging. And I'm all about giving you real content that you can instantly apply. And that's what you'll definitely find when you find me online. Nice. You're just a overflow of energy. It's just like Thank you. pouring off of you. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us today and sharing some of this. Uh, I'm really grateful. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can join the Women in Wellness Club at women-in-wellness.com.